0: Let that up. what's up everybody welcome back to after dragons and this is episode three of our creator interview series and i am joined today by rich doeck here, the writer and creator of Road of Bones and Sea of Sorrows, um, currently ongoing from IDW, um, with a few other credits to his name that we'll discuss here on the episode. Rich, good morning, man. Good afternoon.
1: Hey, how's it going, Rob? Thanks for having me on the show.
0: Great, great. No, it's it's awesome to have you, dude. Uh, I've really enjoyed the, uh, the horror history vibe <laughs> of the last few issues that you've put out with IDW. So it's... Uh, It's going to be awesome to talk with you about those projects and maybe a little bit of your creative process too. Um, Maybe if we start actually with sea of sorrows, the current ongoing, I know that uh, issue two just released on the 23rd of December. Mm -hmm. So we're about halfway through that, um, that arc there. I'm looking forward to see how things go awry as you can already tell. It's just, it's steadily slipping downhill.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's like, uh, CSR is, since we have like a little bit of a larger cast and, and the story is a little more uh, complex than Road are doing five issues. Um, oh, okay. And, awesome. But, but we are at, kind of at about the halfway point, I would say, because um, it, it, it's sort of like, a, a, a lot of times with like horror, I, it, I almost think of it like a roller coaster, you know, it's like, like the first couple of issues is like, we're climbing that first big hill right uh, getting to know
0: the characters a little bit learning you got to learn to love them before you can see them suffer right yeah
1: it's (laughs) sort of like that kind of cranking 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 slowly slowly and then we're going to hit the top of the hill and then things go downhill very fast and and once things start going downhill uh (laughs) they get they get pretty crazy that's when
0: people that's when you go upside down before you realize it huh
1: (laughs) but i'm really i'm really excited for people to see the last few issues because i think it's some of the you know it's some of the my favorite stuff i've written so far and and just alex's and justin are are blowing me away with the uh the artwork and the things that are coming in and i think like also like it's just like there's a lot of like kind of surprises like that are are left to like pop up in the story so i think each issue is gonna you know just kind of just keep ramping it up and up and up so kind of
0: pulling back that curtain a slowly for you there too Uh, I think the pacing has been it's it's excellent with that kind of punctuated moments of mystery or almost horror but you can't quite there's still that sort of question that you leave the reader asking very effectively I think I like that all the way through and I kind of had those sort of questions all the way through Road of Bones um, as well (coughs) just kind of about um, what was you know, what was real or what was just a figment of the imagination, that kind of thing. And, and I find myself asking the same question in sea of sorrows already. Um, And similar to the blizzards um, and the snow kind of obscuring everything and making, making it um, a certain vibe for road of bones. I think the underwater scenes for sea of sorrows have really been above and beyond here from Cormac and team. Um, It's, it's a different kind of horror to be deep underwater and really only see what you have in your in your yeah. viewplate.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like it's sort of like that that like that flashlight beam or whatever is is your is your lifeline. Like you know, there, there's no there's like miles and miles of like open ocean around you, but uh, as far as you're concerned, it's like you know.
0: Right. It's like basically something can happen right here. And if you weren't looking directly at it, you missed it. Yeah, you, you never know.
1: I, I think <laughs> one of like the like scariest things about the ocean, like when you really think about it um, and why it's like perfect for, you know, um, you know, like a horror kind of uh, horror setting. I mean, like I know like, uh, you know, even like if I go to the beach or something and like, you know, it's shallow water and like seaweed will brush by my leg. And if it's like murky and you don't see the seaweed, it's like, Oh my God, what was that? Yeah.
0: Just the slightest touch. And you're pulling a foot out of the water walking to the shore.
1: So so there's definitely like, you know, uh, uh, I think it's just like a great, great setting.
0: Oh, uh, perfect. It, 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 it really brings that kind of horror of reality true to the series, as well that's kind of prevalent in Road of Bones. Um, If you don't mind, I'll I'll read the solicit here for Sea of Sorrows real quick, just for listeners that may not be familiar with the title yet. Um, Sea of Sorrows is a deep sea adventure with a horrific twist from uh, Rich Doick and Alex Cormack, the creative team behind Road of Bones here. It is, in the aftermath of the Great War, the North Atlantic is ripe for plunder by independent salvage crews. When a formal naval officer hires the SS Vagabond, he leads the ship to a sunken U-boat and a fortune in gold. Tensions mount as the crew prepares to double-cross each other, but the darkness of the ocean floor holds deeper terrors than any of them have bargained for. Uh, So it's um, post-war time here, where where you've got these salvage crews just going out and, and digging through the wreckage. This is uh, historically something that folks were making money off of some mercenaries and and crews I, I imagine
1: yeah you know I mean uh, I don't it, it's sort of like I strive to have like some degree of historical accuracy in these stories like you know there really was a road of bones there really you know really was like brutal conditions at the at those camps and things uh, and like with Sea of Sorrows, you know the the submarine they're going after was a real submarine uh, called the Bremen that was lost at sea um, early in uh, in World War One before the U.S. had had joined the war. So you know it, it's sort of like I think like what I look for when I'm looking for like these settings is, is sort of like um, almost like like part of history where there's like a little gap that's maybe not as, uh, as well explored as, you know, something you might not learn about in like, you know, uh, history class or something, you know, uh, just looking for those little gaps that we can kind of fill in with, with something like horrific, but right. you, know, <laughs> you can't, just like, you can't be like a slave to it, you know, like you can't be, you know, it's gotta be, you have to sort of like, uh, twist things a little to, to make this, for what the story needs, you know what I mean? So, right.
0: So historical accuracy isn't really the, the goal. It's more using that history and and those questions that are kind of posed throughout that to, to hang the narrative, huh?
1: Yeah. It's sort of like accuracy. It's like your, your compass, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, it's like, if you, if you, if you can uh, you know, that's the direction you want to go and you want to get as close as you can knowing that you're not going to get everything right. And, you know, and and some things are are going to, I guess you could call it like artistic license or, or, or whatever it is, but. Uh, right. Yeah, no, you know, what, we do try to like throw a few tidbits in there just because I think it helps like make it seem like, make it feel like, uh, you know, this could have like really happened.
0: Yeah, I think so. It really um, uh, grounds it a little bit in yeah. uh, somewhat reality. Uh, as a fantasy sci-fi guy myself, I I'm I'm used to just the wildest worlds and I'll read a comic all about, you know, the made-up cosmos and some different protagonists, but it's always cool to see something based uh you know in our reality, but still with that fantasy twist or a little bit of that horror vibe. Do you um do you attribute your move towards horror kind of to your prior world building and playing with kind of fantasy creations and things like that?
1: Yeah, I, I think it definitely kind of, like, helps because, like, I, I, I was, I well, I kind of still do consider myself, like, a mainly, like, fantasy and, and sci-fi writer. That's what most of my ideas were, like, uh, when I was developing Road of Bones, for example, the, um, it, it was originally, uh, I was researching prison breaks for, for a sci-fi idea I had. uh huh. and, But the more I read about it, the more I was like, well, you know, this is like pretty fascinating. It almost doesn't need to be, um, it almost doesn't need some like made up setting. Like this is a pretty fascinating setting that I, I, like the more I read about it, the more I I was interested in it and and felt like I didn't need to kind of take it out of reality. I could just sort of enhance what was already there with, um,
0: uh, you know, like, like speculating sort of, inward instead yeah. of out but, outward yeah. almost <laughs>
1: yeah but, but like the world building like knowing what what works in world building as far as like making a setting consistent and making it like uh logic work i think that really does help with like car because the same rules apply there you know like you know everything still has to make sense and resonate in, in, in the same way so
0: right no, I think it's uh it 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 comes across very well here in both in both of the stories that I've read so far, especially in the uh um the road of bones mystery here is very much uh you know was it was anything fantastical happening at all or was it was it just this this awful um, journey you know of a, of escape from a russian gulag um I read more about the road after um completing the series and like dig dug a little bit into the history there and it's just crazy to see man it's um yeah. it's unreal
1: i think i think we actually probably you know i mean i i don't i don't think any kind of like uh story or movie could like compare to reality like you know but i i think we actually as brutal as it was in the book we we probably toned a lot of stuff down as far as like reality goes you know like i mean it was like really one of the it was like hell on earth. So.
0: Yeah, just a horror of uh, horror of humanity's kind of a- history here. It's a, a, a interesting interesting to look back at historically, and it's just crazy to to put yourself in that place as the reader or as the as the creator there too. It's uh, a different kind of horror for sure. Where yeah. you, typically, if you tell someone, oh, it's a it's a horror book, they're gonna ask about the haunted houses or you know which. Yeah what killer is coming out of the the shadows so it's always cool to see that that really played with with some more nuanced uh approaches there
1: yeah well I think that that was one of the things like when we were when we were coming up with Sea of Sorrows like we, we knew we wanted to do another horror book but we really didn't want to do like Road of Bones too, like like you know what happened the next day or, or, you know, Right. Like that. right.
0: Leave. So like, leaving that with the question mark and with yeah. that nice delightful but, question, but, huh?
1: the question mark was, was part of the point it was like, you know, with like what's worse, like the horrors that we create or the horrors that, uh that we dream up, you know, as far as like supernatural stuff goes.
0: Yeah. So there was a, a touching panel there um, in Road of Bones where the guy was saying, you know, I can just, you know, knife anyone in the in the camp and get what I want, but what am I gonna do here, right? In the mountains in the wilderness.
1: So for Steve Sorrows, we were like, Well, what what could we do that will make it kind of a companion piece to Road of Bones or you know, mm. or or related like thematically, so it's it's kind of like almost like a spiritual sequel rather than like a a direct sequel, you know, like so I guess, I guess, like, we're kind of like inspired by, um, you know, uh, the Cornetto trilogy, like, like Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and, and End of the World, like that that kind of thing, where it's like, you know, similar themes, similar situations, but but like completely different. Uh, right. set. So, man, that scene or, or, in that scene like, in uh, Shaun
0: of the Dead. Anytime someone says it, I almost laugh out loud just thinking of the guy standing there, just looking outside, just like, "There's a girl in the garden." It's just yeah. <laughs> the first time that lady's standing in the backyard classic
1: yeah. <laughs> or like another way to look at it would be like something like you know like uh american horror story or or like uh Tales from the crypt or something like
0: that i see like, right so definitely staying in the same in the same vein but not really treading the same like thematic territory or yeah or even time time frame there
1: yeah I like variations of a the theme. you know like you know like in a road of bones it's very much about like survival it's like you know in in sea of sorrows is i think a little bit more about greed and ambition and,
0: right just ex- exploring a little more of the uh the darkness or the potential shadows within humanity there huh
1: yeah but it's but you know but yeah generally like I, if i had to like put like what ties them together it, it is definitely that idea of like you know horror what's worse like you know horror stories or or horrible people like you know like
0: yeah, yeah, that's a and it's a fine line to to walk. It's an interesting narrative to to go through as well there um how did How did you come to work with Alex on these on these projects? um did you worked in the past or
1: yeah well i I've, I've known Alex for a long time, like because uh, we both had done work uh, for uh, this company called Comics Tribe, which is a smaller publisher. I do um, a book called Wailing Blade with them, which is um, a sci-fi book, um, but Alex had done uh, this book called uh, Oxymoron, uh, which was more of like a superhero thing, uh, super villain thing, actually, and there was an anthology where like, I had a story in it that he didn't write, but mm-hmm. that he didn't. Uh, illustrate but we were both like in the same anthology and we we kind of met up at at conventions just like hanging out and anyway so we did we did you know hang out at cons and then and he did another book for comic strip called sink and that was like really uh you know visceral horror uh with my friend my friend john lees is the writer and looking at sink i was like wow i think alex would be really i think he'd be really great for for road of bones because i was just kind of looking for that same you know, um, just like horrific, kind of like gritty, dirty vibe.
0: Right. So
1: I, uh, at New York Comic Con a couple of years ago, I just sort of pitched him the project, and he loved it. So awesome. And, uh, yeah,
0: it's history from there, huh?
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is there a, a potential future for the series and the and the creative team as well after After Sea of Sorrows, or is it too early to ask?
1: Uh, no, I think. You know, as far as like uh, a future for the series, I think it's something we we want to do. Um, you know, nothing is like uh, you know inked or anything. Like we haven't even really talked to IDW about it, but I, I know that they um, they've been really supportive so far. So hopefully we'll be able to work it out. Like, but as far as like working together, I mean, like yeah, like you know, I I could Alex and I vibe really well. So I, he's like one of the people I could see myself working with like for as long as I'm making comics. So
0: that's awesome to find that kind of partnership there. It's your, yeah. your Brady Belichick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's um, it's, it's very cool to see. And as, as a, as a comic creator here, I'm, I've am i been just dabbling in writing some scripts and getting involved in kind of the indie scene. Um, do you often come up with your ideas and then look for art that catches your eye or that kind of vibe, like you were explaining and, you know, you just kind of know, and you find the artist that um, that has the style that you like. Or um, does that typically does that script writing process typically start after you would uh, have an artist in mind?
1: Well, no, I think usually it's like I'll, I'll come up with an idea and then try and then look at a lot of like samples and and and, and things. Um,
0: I see, kind like, of just um, checking out portfolios and finding really <laughs> the right vibe.
1: Yeah. I mean, especially more like, like, like I would say like, like earlier when, when I was like first starting out and, and still but like now, I, then I think like when you get a little bit more into it and you start to get to know people and, and, and meet and talk with them, you might find somebody who you, uh, who you like, you like their art, you like their personality, whatever it is. And you think like, okay, well let's find something to work on together. And I might ask the artist like, well, what do you, what do you, what, what would excite you? Like you want to do I like, see. Want to do a cyberpunk story you want to do a fantasy story
0: so it can kind of meet in the middle there if you yeah. do have that creative team built already otherwise you're shopping shopping resumes and trying to find that that sweet spot huh
1: yeah because you know you kind of got to get over it like uh, the idea of like well I'm the writer it's my show like like you know because it, it's like if it was to just be my show like I would write a novel you know what I mean? <laughs> like right whatever you mean. The whole point of comics is that it's it's a collaborative process and, and you know, the, the the sum of it winds up being greater than its parts. You know what I mean? It's like, like. Definitely, comics, yeah. The full my, project. Yeah. Like, like my script, my script is one thing. Alex's art is one thing, but then like you put them together and then it becomes something more and not, and Justin too, our, our letter who does, does amazing work, you know, it's a, it's a team effort. And right. They, Part of like what what makes um what can make the difference between something great and something good is when everyone in the team is really into it and really engaged and, and part of that is with with an artist is giving them things that they're gonna be excited about drawing and passion feel passionate about drawing, where it feels like less of like a, a job to them and more of a, you know, uh something they really want to do like you keep tapping tapping into that
0: sort of creative fire or that sort of the passion that that led them to creating already instead of saying okay we're going to tell this this specific story with these camera shots and this is going to be the way yeah i find it um, very difficult in the scripts right now to just pare down my description in the panels um i've written some short fiction and things in the past and i find that i'm saying okay panel one I can't really stop trying to describe what that panel one should look like. And then I have one text and move on to the next panel. So I keep trying to cut that down and down as seeing some examples. Yeah,
1: Yeah, you know, I I think like when you're, it takes a lot of reading, a lot of like research, you know, like I read a ton of comic scripts before I even started writing one. So, you know, doing the right thing And, and and the best way to do it is to, is best way to learn it is to like, just keep doing it.
0: I see, would you recommend actually reading some in script format? Uh, as well just reading that to understand some of the layout
1: yeah and from different people so you you know you, you kind of see how different people can do it like um you uh you know like like it's good to read alan moore scripts but you know you're not nope i'm not alan moore you're not alan moore and he has a very kind of particular way of doing it and i wouldn't recommend necessarily doing things his way it's like you know you, you right
0: you can kind of osmosis a little bit from other other writers yeah. and things huh <laughs> yeah.
1: but it's like you know you look at what he does you look at what you know uh no does you look at what like you know start with like the people you really you really uh whose work you enjoy and see how they do it and um you know right that's, that's like a good way to, to do it and, and a lot of people do have scripts available whether it's you know you know they're. Search on the internet. Uh, some people have Patreon's where they make their scripts available. You know, so oh, cool, you know, nice. Out there. It's definitely but a good way to always ask. Like you know, like you could like, it's a long shot. Like, it's a long shot with like bigger people because they're very bad at getting back to their emails. Like you know, if you email like Bendis or something, like hey, can you give me a script? Like you know, you're going to read it because he's a very busy man. But you know, if you email like me and was like hey can i see a script like you know like i'd probably send you one you know what i mean so
0: hey awesome that's probably uh that's probably an offer myself and listeners yeah. could take you up on <laughs> yeah. go for
1: it
0: that's been a it's been a really fun process to try and um try and create comics definitely don't have any high hopes but it's just a cool indie process after reading so many to have everyone has some ideas kind of kicking around in their head so it's a it's fun to try and and script those out and see um How how was the process for you to get involved with IDW? Was that an arduous or interesting trek, or um, more of a quicker journey for you?
1: No, I mean, like I I think like anything else, like I I kind of had to make um, make the connection over there to the point where they were uh, interested in in seeing some ideas from me. You know, um, uh, which was just a lot of like kind of getting in contact editors there and sending them work and uh,
0: slowly you know, but surely huh yeah
1: slowly but surely you know <laughs> uh I, I my editor on uh, our editor on uh csr's road of bones is bobby curno i've known him for a number of years um and yeah it's just sort of like you work on stuff you send it to them you you know you ask hey can i you know can i send you ideas you know as long as you're trying to show that you're um serious you know like, like i find most editors are always willing to at least look at something you know looking at something and approving it are, are two completely different things
0: right. But,
1: um, <laughs> right you know uh but yeah generally it, it it's just kind of about um uh, building a relationship to the point where you can um send them uh send them your ideas and and, yeah, those.
0: and get some get some more looks at that definitely uh, have you had your eyes on idw um this throughout your, um, your submission process and kind of earlier writing, uh, writing career, or, yeah. uh, was it, it the opportunity kind of arose as you, as you built the Kickstarter and other projects?
1: Well, they were, they were, you know, they were always, um, you know, one of the companies that I, 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 I you know, wanted to work with because I thought that they put out a lot of like cool stuff. Like, you know, there, there's not only the, um, you know, licensed books of, of like things I like, like like uh, Ninja Turtles and uh, GI Joe and stuff like that. Uh, but they also really do have a good, like an amazing tradition of like putting out great horror books. Like you know, the company basically um, made its bones on Thirty Days of Night, which is a ama- you know was right a book. And then uh, Lock and Key, one of my favorite comics.
0: Excellent comic book, comics. yeah.
1: So, you know, I think they're definitely like you, you know, someone I was always looking to work with and then um, you know, it's like like I said, like meeting the actual people there and talking to them and just building their relationship over time. It was just, you know, yeah, like they're they're definitely a company I, I like working with and want to continue with
0: as long as I can. That's awesome. No, it's uh, it's really cool to see how um, uh, how it's grown already for Uh, for your writing here seeing the the kickstarter and um, gutter magic before uh what's the order there with wailing blade and gutter magic
1: gutter magic came out first uh that was in 2016 uh, but i had been self-publishing like parts of it uh, before that Um, oh okay and then uh wailing blade uh had kind of like a long road because we went through a couple of like all starts with like artists that like just didn't work out and things like that but um
0: the woes of project um, management and uh, team building yeah. there huh <laughs> yeah.
1: and well we got it together and we got it out in in 2019 and, and that, that's like uh that's like another one of my favorite books that I've worked on but it, uh totally different vibe it's, it's it's very like uh like uh dark future sci-fi
0: it looks like it's got that grim dark uh, yeah, grimdark sci-fi vibe to it for sure. I need to hunt it down. I saw a few of the covers as well. With uh, I think what is his name, Headtaker, swinging that yeah. swinging that blade. It looks vicious.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's a fun series. Like I, I have a great time working on it. And we just had a Kickstarter for a collected edition. Uh, so that'll be in stores this year at some point.
0: Very cool. I have to keep an eye out for that. Um, are there any other projects that you've been working on, or anything in the pipeline that? That uh, you can tease us with here for for the future
1: I've uh, got a few things coming up uh, not much that I can actually like talk about uh, I, I, I can say I am uh, teaming again with Alex to, to do a short in uh, uh, there's a uh, horror magazine called razor blades ah. James uh, Tinian, uh, Fourth put it together, and Steve Fox,
0: and uh, right.
1: We're gonna we're gonna be contributing a short story to a future issue. I'm not sure.
0: Very cool. Which
1: one? But I think it's pretty sure it's gonna be one of the ones this year. So that's definite. And then everything else is you know sort of a little too up in the air, or 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 you know I I can't talk about. But you know, work in progress. (laughs) We got three more issues of CSRs coming out. Um, Yeah, I believe number three. Uh, bumped a little bit but it'll be out february 3rd four will be out shortly after that and then five should come out in march so
0: man i'm still hunting that variant cover of number one uh the i think it was the one in 15 there with the um with the mermaid on the cover that's a a sweet sweet issue one for sure yeah (laughs) no i'm i'm really looking forward to to following up with sea of sorrows and, and kind of seeing the project as a whole Uh, with road of bones, reading it episodically was great. And then actually reading it all together, I found was afterwards was even more powerful kind of connecting some of the little things or the characterization that I may have forgot over the, the month or two of its, if it's releases, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: But awesome, man. Well, I, I just wanted to thank you again for, for jumping on the show and, and talking about some of the projects. I, I, Again, I really appreciate your writing. I think you're you're doing awesome things with with Alex Cormack and and Justin and the team. Maybe we can have the other folks on here and and discuss some things about issue three as the as the project continues to roll out. Um, Thanks, man. Where can our listeners find find you online or some info about your projects?
1: Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter at rduek. Uh, I'm also on Instagram there and uh, and also. Uh, my, my my website is uh, com and uh there's a newsletter there you can sign up for I'm, I'm not uh disciplined enough to put it out weekly but or anything <laughs> uh, i do try to uh you know keep people posted with that and, and send some like you know uh, goodies that you might not get otherwise there so
0: great great and no, i apologize there it's duetic right for oh yeah
1: yeah that's don't worry about it I've, I've it's
0: the it. it's the u that you pronounce uh, not the o yeah <laughs> Awesome, man! Well, it, it's been so good to have you on the show. And again, everyone, you can find info about the show, podcast, blogs, and reviews online at AfterDragons.com and on Twitter at AfterDragons. Underscore. Thank you.